All right, welcome everybody to the How Should I Bro podcast. I'm your host, Sam Richardson. I'm Tim Pickerel. And today's show is brought to you by a couple of awesome companies. The first one is Show Me Comics. They are the premier independent, independent... We're so independent that we have to be independent twice. twice. <laughs> We're independent from all the independents. But they're brought to you by Show Me Comics who've got their awesome book out. It's called Hafu. And the reason that Tim and I like this book so much is because we actually had a huge hand in helping create it. This show is also brought to you by St. Louis Anarchy. So if you're looking for headlocks, body slams, pile drivers, and badass, punched in the mouth, kicked in the ass action, check them out at slawrestling.com. I think that's the website. Is that the website? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it is. slawrestling.com. You know... One of the things about St. Louis Anarchy that uh, that I really like is that you know they they bring in uh, they bring in some guys that are uh, you know they're 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 not just at the top of their game. I mean these guys are some fucking they're some entertaining dudes all around. And uh, I'm fortunate today to get to bring two of them on. And uh, you know not just are they wrestlers for St. Louis Anarchy, but they actually also train with me. They're part of the uh, the Team Sam boot camp and training program. So I'd like to introduce our guest today. We have Davey Vega and ACH. Round of applause! Round of applause! Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, gentlemen. So for uh, for a lot of the people listening to the show, they're going, "Why the fuck are you bringing professional wrestlers on?" Um, uh, wrestling is something that's been near and dear to me since I was a child. It's something I grew up, me and my older brother, it's how we bonded. You know, my brother was four years older than me, and he, he pretty much beat the shit out of me growing up. But he would get away with it by masking it as, you know, we were playing we were playing the World Wrestling Federation. Like, you know, he'd be like, hey, hey Sam, you want to wrestle? And I'd be like, fuck, no. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, but come on, you can be Randy Savage, and then I'll be Jake the Snake, you know? And in my little five-year-old mind, it's like, wait, I get, I get to be the macho man? Okay, this ain't so bad. And the ding, ding, you know, they'd be dropping fucking elbows on me and suplexing me off the couch and beating the fuck out of me. Like, my brother would use that trick on me a lot just to get to beat my ass, is that he'd be like, you know, let's play boxing, and, and you could be Mike Tyson, and, and I'll be Jerry Cooney. You know, at, at five years old, it's like, oh, I get to be Mike? Okay, cool. And then, boom, next thing I was beating the living fuck out of me. But, hey, I, he let me be Mike. So... Uh, but but with wrestling, you know, that's something I grew up, even though I was usually on the receiving end of an ass whooping, it's something my brother and I bonded a lot over. And, uh, you know, being someone who was a teenager during the uh, the mid and late 1990s, which was the last time that you had like a really big, like a boom period for professional wrestling with uh, like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, or as they call it in the wrestling world, the uh, the Attitude Era days. You know, I was a teenager during that. And at the time, they had this thing they called backyard wrestling, which is where like you know you get a bunch of your buddies from school and you would you'd fucking put together like these like like bed mattresses and create your own rings and you'd create your own like wrestling personas. You get a few friends over and you'd start making your own fucking matches. And then they all get beat up by Sam's brother. You could be Austin. You could be The Rock. You know, <laughs> like I'll be King Kong Bundy. And they're like, yeah. And then he fucking kills everybody with a chair. But um. But yeah, back in back in high school, I remember like you know the whole backyard wrestling and all that shit was was being done in uh, a, f- a few of my buddies and is uh, he Tim and Jordan, some of the other guys that you hear on the show. We were all a part of this little backyard wrestling group that we put together, and uh, 
It was actually really cool because I, I met a few guys that have Sam actually... Would, Sam would get pissed if you actually called it backyard wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> we were, underground we, wrestling. We were, we were actually more put together as a, as a show and a production than, than a lot of the, the independent professional promotions that were around St. Louis at that time. But it was pretty cool because I actually I got to meet a few guys that, that went on and had very prominent careers in pro wrestling. Like, uh, you know, one of them was, was Matt Seidel. And uh, there are a few other like like guys that are local wrestlers in St. Louis still that are that are pretty pretty well known around this area that had come out you know and got started doing the backyard stuff with this. But um, from from the from the like amateurish backyard stuff, I went up going into pro. I got licensed back in two thousand one, so that makes me feel old as fuck right now. <laughs> I, mean, I was like eighteen or nineteen, I think, whenever I had my first pro match. But yeah, it was around two thousand one, and um, you know, it was something I took very serious at the time i got into it like my plan was to go to japan i know a lot of guys get into this and they said i don't want want to be a sports entertainer i want to be a wrestler i'm gonna go to japan and do that stiff style and uh yeah that that's where my head was at you know i wanted to i wanted to be like the next chris benoit or jushin liger i love those guys (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) and uh Who's Chris Benoit? <laughs> we, we, can, we can talk about that guy in the out. show. We can talk about that guy in the show. But um, yeah, so for a few years, like I mean, I, I trained my ass off, and I and I got licensed, and I started doing pro matches. But uh, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But a few of my buddies and I decided that we wanted to start our own promotion. And uh, again. Tim was a part of this whole ride. He's been right there. He can he can back up everything that I'm talking about. But to make a long story short, we decided to create our own our own company, our promotion. We called it the Lethal Wrestling Alliance, or LWA for short. And um, unfortunately, that started to take me. You know, my motivations for inside the ring. You know, started to suffer because we were putting so much into the into the promotional and, and marketing and company side that. Uh, yeah, I really wish I would have focused more on, on the entering stuff back then. But, uh, you know, eventually I, I had my first kid that was born, and it's just like wrestling took a backseat to life. And, uh, you know, ever since then, it, it's been kind of an off-and-on thing with me. Like, I, I love the world of pro wrestling, and it's awesome. And I think when done right, it's one of the most, like, interesting forms of entertainment there is. Oh, and, it's so uh, beautiful when it's done right. Definitely. But it's, it's even beautiful when it's done wrong. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I enjoy watching back there's, there's, there's a guy here in St. Louis that goes by the uh, he goes by the name of Dingo, and that was actually one of our favorite things was was shitty indie wrestling. Like we would go around. It was me, him, and a guy you guys know named Pierre Abernathy. Yep. And we would get together with those guys and go out and watch. Like we would look for like the shittiest show we could find to go in and watch and heckle and just you know have a hell of a good time. But is but, there a such thing? As and, and, and Dingo helped open my mind to wrestling this way. Is there such thing as bad wrestling? Because we can go to a show as wrestlers. There we have we have trained eyes to you know to know what you know what is right and what is wrong. But as a fan, when you're a fan, you know nothing about the business. All you know is just what you know. So when you go to these bad shows that we quote unquote think are bad, when we watch these wrestlings, like we're like, oh, that's awful. But when you see like the people in the front row going nuts, you're just like. They don't think it's bad wrestling to them. It's it's the greatest thing hey, in the world. That's right. If they're having fun and they Jack- got their money's worth, then who's to say what was good or bad? Exactly. But, but there are some shitheads out there. I oh, agree. Oh, completely, completely. <laughs> but but yeah. But 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 to take it back to to how pro wrestling is related to the story and why I've got it on the podcast. It's something that was a very very big part of my life for for a very long time. And um, what's been awesome is the last few years, even though I 
because of work, because of kids, because of life, I haven't been able to be inside the uh, the industry as much as I wish that I could. But I've been able to stay connected because I have a few professional wrestlers that are that are a part of Team Sam that I get to interact with on a daily basis that are incredibly awesome. And those are the guys that we have here right now. ACH and Davey Vega. So I would like to start, whoever wants to go first, I'm just kind of interested, what got you guys into being professional wrestlers? Like, I talked a little bit about my brother whooping my ass when I was younger. What made you guys want to get into the ring? Come on, Vega. What made you want to get in the ring? Oh, why don't you go first? Let's not do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so Plus, I'm enjoying my wine. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've always been... That's a phallic-shaped wine glass, too. <laughs> Um, I've always been a fan of wrestling since I was a little kid. My uh, my dad introduced it to me, and uh, I remember it was I, I can't remember the exact event, but I remember it was Hogan and Savage. I don't remember if they were uh, wrestling each other or if they were tag teaming at the time. Um, and then uh, I remember that event, and then it dropped off for a couple years. Uh, and then the show that got me back into it was an in-your-house pay-per-view where it was Stone Cold versus Savio Vega in the Caribbean Strap Match. And I thought that was, like, the coolest thing. And uh, I was completely hooked, in, uh, like, uh, obviously, uh, until now. Um, I remember that. Yeah. I was, all right. I don't know what it was like, because you know, ACH over here, you grew up in Texas, right? Yes. I don't know what it was like in Texas... And I, when did you move to St. Louis? Uh, this was I was in Ohio when I first saw you were in Ohio. So I don't know if it was different in other areas, if it was just here in St. Louis. But I swear that the house shows back in those days were better than like fucking TV or anything else oh, yeah. that, that, that happens now. Oh yeah, like I've been to a few of the pay per views, like the Rumble and shit like that, and it, nothing compares to like those late '90s house shows. Yep. Those were sick. Yeah, it was crazy. So, like, that was what really hooked me, and I started watching every week and just watching wrestling. I was like, and then go to school and talk with my, my buddies the next day, like, oh, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And uh, I was really heavy into uh, baseball at the time um, and uh, other sports, and I started getting into basketball. And uh, I ended up trying out for the basketball team my uh, freshman year of high school, and I ended up getting cut. And it was like... It was the most devastating thing to me because I was I thought I was gonna a sure thing, and um, I stopped trying out for sports at that point. Like through the rest of my high school, like I just stopped, and that's when wrestling basically picked me up. And I was uh, ever since then I I had I was I set to my gear my shifted my gears to wrestling and just went with it. See, now that's that's ironic because if if I would have thought out of the two of you, which ones were wanting to be a future basketball player? <laughs> <laughs> it would have it would have been Tim. <laughs> well, I am tall. Yes, yeah, uh, I can't play a lick of basketball to save my life. I, right. I was I was a better baseball player, and I should have stuck with that. But basketball is what what killed my sports avenue. So, so uh, how about you, ACH? What got you into the uh, What got you into this whole world? Um, I mean. Uh, I have a really bad case of ADHD, which is why you're probably going to see me on my phone a lot here. Um, so when it came to like concentrating on sports, uh, I never really had the the focus that wrestling like wrestling gives me a type of focus that I never had in any other sports. And all I really mainly played was uh, little league baseball, which doesn't really count, and football. 
And uh, I tried out for like the high school team and I, I made the team, but I got into like this weird incident, this awkward situation to where I just was like, you know what? I'm just not even going to play football anymore because Texas is really big in football. Oh, yeah. And they draft literally out of middle school and high school. Really? They, yeah. Like, the, like it goes deep. Like there's people that are like, the coaches will go watch little league games. It's like, hey, I want your kid to go to my school. Like, it's it's serious down there. It's did, big business. Did you have any any position that you showed like any strength at? Um, I never at first. I which is weird because I'm a wrestler. But uh, when I was a kid, I was very scary, which I'm still am now. I didn't want to get hit. So at first I was because I was and then I was also a kid listening to his dad. So I was like my dad was trying to get me to recreate his whole childhood. Right. So it was like, man, I was a really good running back. All right, dad, I'll play running back. And then, you know, little Timmy O'Toole go out there and get cracked. And it's like, ah, I think I'm going to play defense. <laughs> Yo, that's, dude, that's, that's funny that you say that. All right. That's, that's funny you say that. Um, ACH and, and Vega, when they started training with me, we were at this, we were at this big sports facility. And um, it was like this humongous complex where we had like indoor turf. We had all these basketball courts. And part of my job was to go out and bring in, like we were bringing teams of like, like, Two, three hundred kids at a time. We bring everything from little leaguers up to collegiate athletes, and and we bring them by the team. And I would run them through, you know, through the training program. And a lot of times, you, know, you would have parents that would come in there and either try to dictate the training program or they would try to motivate the kids. And exactly what you just talked about with it's your hard. dad, it's hard, man. You, you have parents that. They really do. They're trying to live vicariously through their child. It's, they, it's the worst. Yeah, they will put them into these sports because they played it when they were younger, and either the, maybe they were good at it, and they just you know grew up and can't play it anymore, or maybe they were never that good at it, and they want to be good through their child. But the problem is, they're putting their kids into these fucking sports and these games that the kid doesn't necessarily want to do, just so that they can feel like they're living it through them. So, with that said. When, when you guys decide you're going to go into something like pro wrestling, like like how do your parents react to that? My mom absolutely hated it. Uh, my mom didn't actually accept it until um, I don't want to. I don't want to make my mother seem bad. I don't want to be like, oh, she didn't accept it until like, I got signed. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, before, like, I guess when I was like, I moved into um, St. Louis. Uh, I mean, she was kind of like. Okay, yeah. whatever, all right. But she, I think she could feel my passion. I mean, my entire right. life, I've been a guy that has just, like, I'm very passionate about anything I do, whether it be walking the dog, playing video games, yeah. sports, anything I do has to have some passion involved. And I think she could see that and feel that. And I think that's where the sympathy and where she started to yeah. back me at. So once she saw that I was willing to, like, you know, move from like Austin to San Antonio to Temple because I've done so right. much moving in my life yeah. for wrestling. And when she saw that I was really serious about like packing oh, everything yeah. that I have and moving to a state where she I saw only a, knew a huge four level people. of commitment. Yeah, and obviously, even with the ADHD, it's like all right, this something this dude's actually fucking <laughs> yeah. focused. And now wait, now so so your dad though, who was the big football guy, like how does he take this that his son's doing some shit? He, that he likes never... the fact that his son is an athlete getting the name out there because okay. yeah. most people don't know me as ACH most people know me as Albert Hardy right so when I'm back home and I do like the the inner the press stuff for Ring yeah. of Honor like you know sometimes they'll put on the little dial like um hometown hometown hero Albert Hardy yeah. ACH and you know people call him my dad like is that your son on TV yeah. and he loves that you know so yeah. you know like I mean I didn't play I'm not an NFL star I'm not an NBA star or an MLB star you know, I'm, a, I'm a pro wrestler so you right, know but you're still you're still a professional athlete but yeah exactly so I think that's his 
his like salute to me is like as long as my son's doing something, he ain't in trouble. I ain't right. selling drugs. Got six kids and you know everything. <laughs> did, did he know of? Yeah, yeah. Did he know of. <laughs> no, I don't have any no. kids. <laughs> no, over to no, Davy Vega. You, you've got like a fucking tattoo of your mom yeah. somewhere on your body, yeah. don't you? Like yeah, your arm or your ass or something <laughs> like that. It's on my arm. So out now. The one of me is so, on his ass. <laughs> there's, there's one of ACH on one, one ass cheek and one of his mom on the other. And, and we and squeeze them together, yeah. we hug. Yeah. Yeah. They're all three together. Over it's the secret, so I got to hide that one. So, so I'm so. assuming you have a close relationship with your mother. Now, how did she handle it that her little baby, her little baby boy is going to get in the ring and beat up? Uh, yeah, my, uh, my mother. Uh, and I have a really extremely close relationship because uh, I lived with her up until I moved to St. Louis. Um, and I lived with her longer than I did with my dad because my dad was they, – they divorced and I lived with my mom for – I was without my dad for at least four years for a while. Um, and uh, she she was ecstatic. She was so supportive and it, it wasn't even like – not even a blink of an eye like – because, you know – I, I've heard stories where people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And their parents are like, uh, is there, like, a future in that? Is there money in that? Like, you think you can do that? And, like, a, right. thousand, you know, a million questions come out after that. But my mom was like, if you think you can do it, then do it. And I, I have your back 100%. <laughs> and uh, I, in that aspect, I was really lucky. Um, and it was funny. She actually went to – I was already training and uh, – uh, I already, I think I was already two years in, and she went to a, a psychic just for the hell of it, and um, she said that uh, the psychic told her that one of her her boys, because I have a brother, one of her boys is going to be a, a professional athlete. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of funny. But, now let, uh, let me ask you. There's a there was a rumor that I heard. <laughs> I just want to check and see if there's any truth to this. Okay. When your mom and dad got divorced, mm-hmm. I heard there was talk of. ACH's parents were going to adopt you and do like a reverse Webster type situation. <laughs> no. Different strokes. But, <laughs> so, okay, this is a back to the, the whole thing with your mom accepting it. Did, has she seen any of your matches? Uh, we actually traveled to Houston back in 2010, 2011, and my whole family that was living in Texas, my, uh, my aunt, my uncle, my cousins, and my mom, and my brother, and my sisters, uh, they all came out to watch and they thought it was they thought it was great. They came over and bought shirts from me, and um, they just so like super supportive. Like I couldn't have asked for anything more than that than oh. what they've done. So was your mom able to watch? Like, with, was she looking through like her fingers with like <laughs> her eyes closed and pressed to her face, or was she very? Uh, very was she drunk and excited? No, she. Well, I my my mom does like to drink a little bit, so uh, she may have had a couple, but she wasn't drunk. Um, but uh, she was there, and uh, she, she was hooting and hollering, like you know, all the rest of oh, exactly. Well, that's, she was that's, that's yeah, what my that's, mom does. So, my mom is tipsy, <laughs> she enjoys it. So, See, uh, that's, I, I had a different experience. I'm a little older than you guys. I got a few years on you, but when, uh, you know, like I said, when I started in this shit, it, it was the the late. 90s early 2000s when like hardcore wrestling and all that stuff that was still the big thing especially on the indie scene it's like everybody was trying to top each other with that and uh 
you know, but before I got into the wrestling, like even middle school through high school, you know, I was very heavily into the martial arts mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of competing, even in my, like my teenage and uh, early childhood years, I was still doing a lot of tournaments and traveling. I would travel all across the country and do a lot of these martial arts tournaments and, uh, and boxing and a lot of the fighting. And I remember even, even then, like my mom would come to those matches and it was like, she, you know, was kind of queasy and would have to sit there with her, her hands over her eyes. And so when I got into the wrestling, and we started doing some of this hardcore stuff. I remember one of the first things I, I had this match with this dude. He came up to the ring with some barbed wire, and he wrapped my arm up around the top rope. And and, and we're working this we're we're working this thing in this match where I'm supposed to like rip myself through the barbed wire. And I thought I had enough of it. I'm trying to untangle myself from the uh, from the barbed wire in the top rope, and I thought I had enough gone. I went to rip my arm through, and I didn't know I was still connected, and it wound up ripping a gash down my bicep. Yeah. And then about five <laughs> minutes later, that's about a five minutes one. later. All right, this dude cuts me off and he wraps it around the terminal. He's bashing my head into it and he's got me on the ground. He's choking me with it. So my head's bleeding, my arm's bleeding. And I thought my mom was about to faint. And that was just the beginning of it. I mean, after that, I had matches where I had taken suplexes off of balconies and broke my ribs multiple times, getting my head bashed open. Jesus Christ. And that's not counting like the blading and some of the other things that goes on. So, you know, like, my mom those first few matches like that was enough for her like I, she thought she was gonna have a heart attack and she got to where she's like I, I can't ever come watch you do this I yeah. can't like she, a heart was, attack just she was not receptive to it at all and I, I think after first that, impression yeah and <laughs> out of how long has that been now like 14 15 years yeah I think in that whole time she has she's maybe been to like one or two other matches since then and it had to be shows or for promotions where I told her like look this this is a family thing I promise I'm not doing anything stupid out there it's just gonna be this fun little thing with bad guy good guy and you can I think she came to one she like brought my daughter out to it but now my dad is just you know my dad's this older dude and I think he's just been used to it I'm into the whole fighting thing I'm into the whole martial arts the wrestling he would just sit there and like no reaction like he didn't he wasn't against it wasn't necessarily for it, but the fact that he came, you know, that was always cool. But my mom, whew, way different reaction. That mother sense, man. Yep. I, mean, I got I got lucky with with my mom. She was full, fully supportive, and she I, I kind of gave her the uh, the Iggy beforehand, like, hey, like that some of this stuff does hurt, but it's you know you don't have to worry about. Yeah, me. See, I, it was see with my parents. I just like after the show, they would see me, and I'm all you know beat up battered and bruised but they're like are, are you okay are you okay yeah. my mom and I'm yeah. like it's like playing a game of football and yeah. they're like yep. oh okay and I was like yeah don't worry about it like, <laughs> it's like playing a game of football <laughs> that and like let's to, to let my audience understand wrestling a little bit you know you guys are these you know freaking athletic dudes a lot of times you're playing you're you're the good guys out there you know like and and, and pro wrestling is a good guy you get to show off a lot, you know. You get to do these acrobatic, especially these two that I'm talking to right now. Some of you may have seen them in action. If you haven't, like go go on YouTube right now and and, and you know look them up. Look up Davey Vega. Look up ACH and check out some of the fucking moves that they do. Like they get to show off. They get that crowd reaction. I always had to play the bad guy, so my job was to get my ass kicked. You know, so it's like I was either bleeding or losing. You know, so it's like I don't get to have that reaction. Like, oh, they come out, they cheer me, they got to see me be awesome. (laughs) You guys get you guys get to show off. That's awesome. Okay, to uh to take this though and and, and to bring it into the whole how should I bro uh the whole the how should I bro training world. I'm curious 
I know the answer because I get to see a lot of this, but you know, there's a lot of training that you guys do, you know, way on the outside when you're not with me. So right now to keep you guys in shape, to keep you ready for the ring, what exactly are you doing when you're at the gym? What kind of training program are you following? What kind of nutrition plan are you following? Let's let's get down to the nuts and bolts of this. Well, I'm a different type of athlete. Um, a lot of my ability and assets that I require um, are God-given. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, when it comes to dieting, you know, I slacked off for years just knowing that, you know, eventually, you know, someday you're going to have to, you know, buckle down and focus on it really hard because, you know, when I was – I started when I was 18, fresh out of high school. And, um, you know, when I was 18, young, my metabolism, I mean, I could throw back anything and it would all be gone within a matter of like two hours, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, back then I only weighed maybe roughly about – 170 175 and so i was always told just eat just eat whatever you can and uh, i actually um a friend of mine told me not to take steroids so i've made good on that promise to not take steroids so i've just kind of eaten whatever i could but then as i've gotten older um my metabolism of course has slowed down so you know i take better care of myself watch what i do and as far as the gym I try to work on a lot of uh, my explosiveness because in wrestling, there's a lot of stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. And I always tell people the first thing in wrestling that will go give out on you is your lower body. So I always try to make sure I have a healthy lower back, a healthy um, quads and calves that can just constantly move and move and move and move that won't get stiff or get, you know, too, you know, too um, tired, you know, during the match. Because, I mean, it looks easy, but it's not easy. It's difficult to be able to have your body, you know, stop at some point point and then needed to pick back up you know that, right. that big momentum so you know i try to do a lot of explosiveness and just keep moving and moving and moving what about you vega you guys do you guys work out you know quite often uh, when you're when you're outside of like the boot camps when you're doing your main training in the gym are you guys together quite a bit or are you following like separate routines oh yeah we're pretty much conjoined at the hip really <laughs> together uh, yeah. which is good because to go back like like albert was talking you know you're doing a lot of explosive stuff you've got to keep the lower body up you guys you know no homo but you've both got some fine asses <laughs> but okay then, ass then cheeks huge. Yeah. <laughs> that's right ass cheeks huge <laughs> what, what are you doing when you're in the gym what kind of workouts are you guys doing then to develop the lower body to develop the glutes to keep that fast twitch muscle development well, I, they're like, yeah, we're we're pretty much conjoined at the hip, and uh, like, oh, hey, you, what time you want to go to the gym? And then we we end up going and you know doing we work out together. Uh, there will be things that he can do way better than I can, and there are, there are very few things that I can do better than he can. But um, you know, that's that's how we improve. Like, oh, hey, you know, that's where he comes in. He's like, hey, you should you should definitely do this, even if it's lighter weight than what I'm doing. You should do it, like. Um, for a while there, we were doing um, uh, some of the stuff that you actually wrote out for us, um, and then uh, some stuff that uh, we we got through the grapevine for some of the, like the WWE workouts. Um, we were kind of doing that for a bit because they do a lot of the explosiveness, and um, it's they do a little bit of like the CrossFit stuff too. So that that was cool. Well, well, let me ask you with that. You, you guys, uh, there's a gym that that these that they work out at sometimes. I don't know if you guys work out there all the time or Fit if you're gym. still there sometimes. Yeah, it's called yep. Fit Gym. I and I actually used to take my clients there. It's an awesome gym. Giving them a free plug right now. 
But with uh, hear that, uh, with a lot of the unique stuff that they have at Fit Gym and some of the stuff I've seen you guys do, what is one of your favorite you know lower body or explosive exercises? Uh, box jumps. I love yeah. box jumps. I love box jumps. Um, I love front squats, deadlifts. Um, just anything that can help me, you know, go from zero to hero. Um, but box jumps definitely. Um, Shouts out to Fred for that one. Um, I did ever really. I never did box jumps. Me neither. Honestly, until I got with Fred, and Fred is just like, yeah, 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 box jumps, man. So like every cardio, even during the workouts, we would always just do box jumps. And like I saw my um, vertical leap increase. I never documented it, which I should. Yeah. But um, I saw my vertical leap increase like greatly it was it was a really cool experience to see how you know high i could jump coming from when i started and you know when i progressed after you know i got with sam and you guys or ignore me sometimes um <laughs> uh, box jumps probably like because you know being a uh you know being a white guy with the you know the uh the old adage, you know, white men can't jump. But you don't. Oh, you don't have the extra like ligament right, in your exactly. ankle. That's I don't awesome. have that either. <laughs> you don't have, um, but it keeps you from skating. That's why yeah. you can't play hockey. <laughs> you can jump like a motherfucker. Uh, I do like box jumps because I was able to uh, test myself and get a lot higher than I thought I've ever been able to uh, in my life. Um, and I still enjoy doing box jumps. Uh, deadlifts are kind of my mortal enemy, only because I've messed up my back several times doing them. Ouch. Um, I've yeah. been there for each one, he's too. Been, he's been there for each of them. <laughs> you were supposed to be spotting him. Yeah, no, it was all basically. my fault. If you ask him, it was yeah, all my it's fault. It's always his fault because he's like, you're only going to do three? Motivation. Yeah. It ain't a gimmick, bro. You're only going to do three, why don't you do two more? The whole two more completely Put another 100 pounds in the bar, baby. Yeah, exactly. Ain't a gimmick, brother. Motivation. But I do enjoy box jumps and then... Like the leg press and uh, squats, even though I'm like I'm not very good at squats, but doing them, has, I have seen like I, I used to love the, the bands. The, yeah, the, the bands, bands are really bands awesome too. too. I used to love to tie the bands, and I used to do put the uh, the like 50, 80 pound sand ball at the end, like, like yep. maybe about twenty yards out, and I would just explode on the band, pick up the ball, drop right. it, throw it back. Yeah. I used to love doing that, that. That's a really good one too, and and a lot of these. Not only are they going to develop that explosive power and the strength, but they just they look awesome. Mm. Like they yeah. look really cool. Yeah. There's that you walk into the gym and go, okay, yeah, these guys are fucking pro athletes, obviously, because you're not going to see anybody else in the gym that's just a hobbyist doing shit like that. Um, when I used to go to fit gym and do it, there would always be like the high school kids in there, yeah. and my favorite yeah. thing is to watch them all turn around and watch me do it, <laughs> and then I would leave the station and go somewhere else, and and, and and sure enough, they would all go and do it, and I would love to see them all like shoot back, yes. or they yeah. couldn't pick up the ball. Get hurt doing oh, it. it was so great. Oh, because, I used to love that. Because most of those guys were like your normal like body bodybuilders, like they don't go any, you know, the bench press, the Up the and squats. down movements. Yeah, the up and down movements. Or prison pull. muscles, yeah, as I call them. <laughs> Uh, that's what that's what they were. So whenever they saw something different going on in there, they were like, "What the hell is that? I've never seen that before. I've and never that, seen the human body yeah, move I've never in seen such a way. <laughs> I've never stopped to stare at it. Are you picture. sweating from lifting weights? <laughs> All right. So uh, to segue into the next the the next topic that I'd like to bring up, I do have to bring I I, I have to address this, which is. You know, right now you're both at you're both at a little like two different levels of your career. 
All right. There's so that all the the people that are listening to this that don't really know the wrestling world, you know, you've got like you've got like a hierarchy of promotions that you can work for. The the obvious one that everyone knows is the market leader, which is WWE. Underneath that is there what you would have like you'd call your independent promotions where where ACH is at right now and where Davey Vega is and where Davey Vega is like right on the cusp of being where he's trying to get to. I want to throw it out there to you guys and explain to me, like, where would you be at? Like, like with ACH, you're a Ring of Honor. You know, where at on the ladder does Ring of Honor fall as far as, like, you know, the, the promotions in the world, how big that that is, you know, how important that that is. And then Vega, where you're at and just how close you are to getting to what that next level is and what level you want to be at. I'm going to throw that out to you guys. Man, Ring of Honor, I'm a company, man. Ring of Honor is number one. Some of the best wrestling on the planet. Good answer. Yeah, I'm just saying. Some of the best wrestling. Some of the most athletic wrestling you'll watch on TV today, like bar none. Like, there's there's nothing out there quite like Ring of Honor. We've caught so much momentum in the past, like, two years since I've been there, which is maybe about three years now. Um, I mean, dude, there's, there's nothing quite like it. We showcase athletes and wrestlers not just you know actors and there's nothing wrong you know there there's always good to have choices in what you like variety and what you want to watch and i think when it comes to like the athletic standpoint and the wrestler standpoint of wrestling i think we showcase that very well and just to throw this out there to all my St. Louis listeners and, and those of you that are in the boot camps that are part of my training listening that, know, boot camp? that know Albert and, <laughs> and Davey, you can watch Ring of Honor on Saturday nights on ABC. It also comes on again on Sunday morning. You're welcome, Hunter. All right, Davey, let's hear from you. Um, I am, like you said, on the cusp of uh, breaking into where where Albert is currently right. Um, yeah. right now. I, I don't really consider myself this only because I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty humble uh, when it comes to this stuff, but what, I've actually, yeah. yeah, I just yeah. want to let everybody know he's sitting, he's doing this interview completely naked yeah, yeah, yeah. with his dick out on the table as he talks about how humble he yeah. is. Super humble. And, Super and, humble. and Albert is stroking it. Stroking <laughs> while drinking a bottle of mus- pink Moscato. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't really consider myself this, but I've, I've heard the term, a couple terms thrown out about me, like, uh, like a couple of people have said, like I'm uh, I'm super underrated, and like I am part of the current contingent that would be considered super indie, um, which is the step right below, you know, your your Ring of Honors and your TNAs, and you know your you know going over to Japan and traveling. Right at this point, you're very in demand. Yeah, you can't yes, say there's really yes. any other promotions under Ring of Honor that you haven't worked or that you would say would be that next step up. I right. mean, I, I look, I, I, I follow you on on all the social media. I mean, you're constantly working yep. every weekend. You've got a show that you're at. There's something you're doing. You're working a big name. Yep. You're either in that you know main event or you know you're working somebody important that night that could be the main event. So you're you're. You're right there. You're you're knocking on the fucking door. Yeah. I bring that up because an excuse that I get from from people on a on a daily basis is that oh I can't I can't follow my training and my diet because I have such a hectic schedule. I work all day and my kids or I travel a lot and I'm like, mate, you want to talk about traveling? You know, at this point where both of you are, traveling is something you have to do. You are on the road a lot. You're on the road getting beat up. You're on the road having to eat at some some places that aren't exactly the best for getting, you know, nutrients in. So how much does travel impact your training? 
and your nutrition? It, it affects it a lot. Um, one thing that um, actually a fellow wrestler told me in Ring of Honor is um, he was like, you should never, ever fear or worry about how much you're going to spend when it comes to like, you know, your health and your dieting. So, you know, you can go to McDonald's, you can go get, you know, some cheeseburgers or whatever for cheap. Right. And, you know, if you're, you're, you know, if you're a penny pincher, you don't have a lot of money, you know, of course you're going to be like, yeah, I got to get this McDonald's. Right. But if you can go get, you know, your steak and your vegetables at somewhere else, it's like, don't be afraid to spend out that extra money because in the long run, it's going to help you. You know, that McDonald's, yeah, it's cheaper, but that 13 bucks can take you a, fur- a lot further than right. five bucks, you know? Right. I'm going to put the uh, I don't have enough time to do my training and my uh, my nutrition Nigga. Uh, excuse to, re- to rest. To, I'm going to put it to bed because I work <laughs> I work <laughs> seven to five Monday through Thursday. What's so funny? What you just said. That's what <laughs> <so funny. laughs> uh, I work seven to five Monday through Thursday, and then I travel Friday through Sunday, sometimes on Mondays right. uh, for my wrestling. And I'm constantly following my diet through the week and through the weekends because I have uh, actually I have an isolator bag, and I prep my food for the weekend. Um, now there are times where I will, depending on how many days I'm out of town, I will run out of food. Um, so then I go to, you know, Walmart or Target or wherever in the area and I get the food that I need to have while I'm on the road. Um, there, there shouldn't be any excuses when it comes to that stuff. Right. So you're, you're doing some awesome meal prepping. Yes. Which is Uh, something I would like to say I'm very proud of. I would like to throw this out there though. Both of these guys, they're both parts of team Sam personal training, I, I do. I get to work with. I work with Davey Vega on a, on a much more consistent basis. I get to see him a lot more. So you know, we we get to develop plans. We get to go through a lot of things uh, more consistently and routine than uh, than what I do with with ACH. And like, like he said, it's the prep. You know, and I've seen a lot of the pictures. I've seen you putting this stuff out there on social media, like all the stuff you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the the results that you get and the pictures you show of your, you know, your before and after, but like how much prep that you're putting into the yep. meals and actually taking the shit out on the road with you and eating it when the, all the other guys are stopping at the quick trips and just getting yep. you know horrible shit, and you're sitting there getting your your bag out with your Tupperware full of chicken and, and rice or something like right. that. And don't get me wrong, it's hard. Because I'll go into a quick trip and I'm like, oh man, those M and M's look great, but I, you know, where I'm at and where I want to be, you know, I have to, I have to do it. I have to be better than most oh, people. Oh come on, exactly. just have one M M&M. and M. Yeah, and I get that all the time. I get <laughs> that all the brown time. one, um, just the brown one. And, and if then, you get one, then maybe just get two. <laughs> the, the, really, like, really, the traveling doesn't affect my nutrition as much as you would think. It's the training that it affects because. You know, being in a car for you know anywhere right. from five to upwards of fourteen hours with Albert, with Albert, <laughs> that, that, that's a workout in itself. So I'm not annoying, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I just want you to know that when I'm adorable. I, when I do get time to work out, I, I definitely find a gym in the area. Uh, actually, one gym that I uh, go to in Cleveland is the Old School Iron Gym, which looks bad. I yeah, was just going to bring that amazing. up. I've seen you post pictures yeah. of that, and it looks awesome. I actually just saw a, a clip of um, PJ Black, who is former. Um, Gabriel? Yeah, Gabriel. He deadlifted the tire. 
they, yeah. they have a tire in there. It's like it's like two, two tires, tires on, a pole, on a bar. Yeah. And he uh, he didn't deadlift it. I'm sorry. He he power cleaned it. And I was like, mother, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go do. It. Well, speaking of gyms, speaking I'm of gyms like that, especially because you're from Texas and you guys travel down there a lot. Have you ever had a chance to go to Ronnie Coleman's one out of Arlington? No, Metroflex. No. no. Oh, the no, thing no. that I hate about Texas, uh, my, actually, my goal is to. Uh, get enough money to where I can actually open like my own type of like mom and pop gym in Texas and there may be some there I just probably haven't located them but yeah. Texas is home of like the commercial gym right. you know Texas yeah. is, especially Austin it's very um, oh fitness. that's where yeah that's where Gold's home yeah, office and Gold's, everything is at yeah. right like Austin is very like you know nothing against vegans or anything but you know Texas is like eh, I'm just gonna wake up and do some light cardio yeah. that's, that's Texas <laughs> you know no one trying to clang and bang yeah. in Texas <laughs> I would, I would love so, to open up something like an old school iron gym because yeah. that place, like I walked in there, I was like, dude, I'm going to get laughed out of here because like, I'm not like, I'm not like your power lifter, obviously. Uh, you know, I do what I, I can do to keep, stay in shape. Right. But I'm like, I walked in, I'm like, I'm going to get laughed out of here. And like, there are some huge dudes in there and like, they're super cool and like willing to help and but it's like the environment like there's spray paint on the walls yeah. and it, it's an environment it's yeah. it's just, see, it's, I never understand and, and, uh, I'm sorry but but see the whole concept of laughing at people I don't understand when the, like when I guess you could say meatheads or anybody that's considered an athlete or just guys that work out constantly make fun of people that go to Planet Fitness like how can you laugh at oh, someone yeah. that who's trying, a, to that's trying to make it yeah oh, they have sure. pizza yeah. night they sell soda they give you free Tootsie Roll on right. the way out but at but least like, they're trying, trying. Yeah. exactly I never it's, really understood that it's the same ones though that they, they then turn around and they talk shit on CrossFitters and it's yep. like if you're nothing but a fucking like cosmetic based bodybuilder and you're talking shit on CrossFitters you're just you're just a jealous fucking hater. Someone like, asked me easy. the other day it was just like because uh, I put up a routine of cardio that I did and they was like you CrossFitting bro and I was like well I can't say that I'm CrossFitting because I mean I don't have I'm not certified in it but you know I did some things when yeah. I trained with Davey for a couple of months but and he was like do you get gains though I was like I mean truth be told I mean I gained some weight yes. out of it and yeah. I did get stronger I mean yeah. my power clean looked great yep. and Elgin always gives me a hard time because he's like you do kip up pull ups and I go those kip up pull ups has helped me tremendously in my regular pull-ups. right it's like the bodybuilders <laughs> they're, they're talking shit on the people that are hard ass training athletes when all they're doing is like fucking curls and bench pressing putting up and down weights well, yeah. and, that, and like the crossfit like if you think about it with what we do in the wrestling ring that's as closest to a workout in the ring as we're going to get that like the the stopping and going and the um, it's the constant it's the constant yeah. movement and putting up weight. You got to think in wrestling, you're constantly running the ropes, you're constantly yep. moving. When yep. you're selling, you're constantly on the run, and you have to maybe pick up a guy. You have to you have to have some endurance. You have to have the cardio. You have to have the stamina. Yep, completely. Which is why it's not ironic. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of very prominent names in wrestling that will that will stand up and vouch for CrossFit. Oh yeah, definitely. Like. Davy Richards, uh, Seth Rollins from WWE yep. isn't he like a very he makes huge. his students he makes his students his he his school out in Iowa has a uh, contract with um, a CrossFit gym and it's required for them to go so so with that that brought me to something I threw out on Twitter and I'm curious to hear you know what you guys think but right now currently so I don't want to go back to like some of your childhood heroes or anything just right now in the world of wrestling I don't care if it's if it's WWE or it is just an unheard of indie promotion who right now do you think is I'll, I'll say the fittest 
or or the best athlete in professional wrestling? Man, there's so many guys. I, I mean, are we talking overall like cardio and, and like body? Or sure, like, sure. Okay. What, what, who you think is the, like, the most in shape? They don't necessarily have to have the most ripped physique. They don't have to look like a bodybuilder, but just the whole package. Who right now is the one to look at? So for for my listeners that aren't into this world. And you tell them they're gonna go. They're gonna go Google this person or look him up on YouTube. Who would you say is the most athletic one right now? Dude, Ui Nation is a beast. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the dude he played football, I believe, in uh, Auburn. Auburn, uh, thank you. That's the wine talking. But he is. <laughs> he's a beast. That dude looks. He he looks like a, even John Silver. Um, from he's out of like the East New Coast, York area. Yeah. That dude. He's he's probably about five 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 four. Yeah. But he he but looks like ripped. a little buff baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know when I read the question earlier, there was two people that popped right into my my head: um, Davy Richards and uh, Claudio Castagnoli, who yeah. is uh, Cesaro on WWE. Like, and I actually, I both of those guys, I've got to, I've seen firsthand what they can do because I've I've done some training with right. both of them, and just total package the both of them. They're just insane, and like their work ethics are like. They're, they have no glass ceiling when it comes to their work. Dude, David doesn't have. I don't think David sleeps. I think yeah, David I think he sleeps does either. Yeah, I think he, he, he was going to be one like of my answers. Hours. I was going to say David Richards. Yeah, I, too. I've been in the ring with the guy. I've seen the dude work out. Yep. He stops by the gym sometimes and hits mitts, hits pads. Yep. Like I've seen the guy from a lot of different levels of fitness, and it's insane. Yep. And and put, you look at him. You just look at the guy. He's ripped to the bone, <laughs> and he <laughs> looks <laughs> like he can do all <laughs> the shit <laughs> that he can <laughs> do. So now, okay, this was a question I got asked. I got asked earlier. Uh, who is who's the strongest one that you've been in the ring with? Oh, Michael Elgin, of course. Hands down, Michael Elgin. What did he do that, that he just made you go, okay, he's... Kevin Steen, dude. He, Kevin Steen did the... He did a senton in the corner, and Elgin caught him around the waist and, like, got up, picked him up, and powerbombed. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. And then I did a... And I mean, I'm, I mean, I wasn't... I was probably about maybe 190, 98 or yeah. something like that. I did a suicide dive. And usually when I do suicide dives, I give no fucks. I'm like <laughs> torpedo, like straight dark spear. I'm going in. I go full speed. And he caught me out of a suicide dive and he held me like a baby. And then he gave me like a, a, like a black hole slam on the floor. And I was like, you know what? He may be the strongest man in wrestling. <laughs> but so, yeah, I've never been, and like Claudio too is pretty yeah, strong that's, too. That's what I've heard. Those are my two strongest guys in wrestling. It's like Claudio and Elgin. Like I, I would have to see them in the gym. I've been in the gym with Elgin. Yeah, and, and he sounds like two Japanese guys trading lariats. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he gets work done. What about you, Vega? I I'll probably have to go. The you same, better say like, me because uh, <laughs> I already said Elgin. Uh, he said it's ACH right after Elgin. Like like I said, I, I, I haven't been <laughs> the in, extra thing in the ankle. I haven't been in the ring with Cesaro, but just the stuff that I know that he can do and I've seen. Like, yeah, the legendary. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, and then Elgin. Like I've been in the ring with him, and I, I mean I'm not like I'm not huge by any means, but he it's like. He he could have helped me up with one arm, one hand if if needed. Um, See my my answer the the strongest guy I've ever been in the ring with uh, is this guy Donovan Ruddick. I, oh, one yeah. time, I mean, he took a chair and fucking killed me with it. And then about two weeks later, 
went to Florida and had the strength to take a knife 17 oh, fucking on, times and murdered his girlfriend. Uh, Has to be the strongest motherfucker I've ever been in the ring with. Now, speaking of injuries, <laughs> speaking of injuries, speaking of injuries, as as wrestlers. You guys, you guys get beat up a lot. I know that injuries are part of the game. What is what is the worst injury that that you guys have ever had from wrestling? I was choked by a belt once. <laughs> oh my god! A championship belt. It was that's just St. Louis and some of the. Some if, of the wrestlers. If Pierre listens to this, I know Pierre's reaction to that yeah. is going to just be, God damn it, oh, Sam. Yeah. Yep. God damn it, Sam. God damn it, Sam. Jesus Christ. God damn it, Sam. Uh, Injury-wise, um, well, you recently, like a few, uh, a couple of months ago, you came into the gym and you were you were hobbling around. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, most of my major injuries have come from outside of the ring. Um whether like I, I fuck, I've messed up my ankle from just stepping in a, a ditch and like spraining spraining that. Um, well, to- you you just had one you tweeted out. This guy did a fucking move where he was he was like in the top of the ring and Mm-mm-mm. he did this move where he jumped up and he like wrapped his knees around the dude's face and he did a backflip off the ring and threw the guy out oh, yeah. and you like fucking hit your head yeah. on something okay, and yeah. split it open. That was two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I tell that, you that's a pretty Yeah, that was, that was pretty. Uh, I, I split my head open on that. It wasn't very deep. Uh, it wasn't very long. It, I, I, I didn't really think anything of that one um, to tell you the truth because uh, I didn't feel it on the way down. Um, but like most of my injuries, I say 95% of my injuries have come outside of the ring from just normal everyday life to, uh, like in the gym. Brother, um, you're no Angela Lane. <laughs> she, now, gets hurt, she gets hurt breathing yeah. wrong. Now, I, ACH, I know you, you had a knee issue last year that we were, that we were dealing around with, yeah. but what's, what's one of the worst injuries you've had from wrestling? Um, I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed by the wrestling gods. Thank you, Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> he has uh, blessed me with just minor injuries right. with like, um, you know, just stuff in the patella, just like grade one sprains and stuff like that in the knee, fluid buildup and stuff like that. Right. Well, and I don't necessarily mean like you guys going out there and, and breaking ribs and uh, shit like that, but I mean some of the, some of the bumps and the bruises yeah, that you that, get from this, like how, dude, that's how really do you it. come yeah. around some of that when you're in the gym? Because obviously when, you, let's say you have a match and you, you get a little, uh, you get a little banged up in the knees or the yeah. back or the elbow and something, you got to go into the gym the next day. And- I am, I am a, and he knows it because I preach about it all the time when he's hurt. Uh, I am a fond believer in pushing past your limit. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those guys like you can't sit at, you can't, you can't sit around all day and you can't just be like, well, I'm hurt. So I guess I can just sit around and eat Doritos all day. I mean, I'm one of those guys like, Hey, it hurts, man. But you know, I can block the pain out. You know, pain is not temporary. I mean, yeah. Pain is temporary. It doesn't last forever. So I, physical I will, I will go in the gym on a like, like a bum knee and I will, I will test it out. I'll squat the yeah. bar. I'll squat the, uh, you know, just some like five plates or whatever, just something. So I'm just not sitting on my tailbone all right. day. Just, you know, twiddling, twiddling my thumbs, you know, I like, I, I push past it, man. So for the people listening that, that deal with this shit, cause I'll get, you know, their injuries aren't going to be as severe, but you get a few that it's, you know, Oh, I went out today and I twisted my knee and I don't want to work out. Cause I, what, Bitch, what tips would you give them for whenever you're working out and you're injured or you're working out and you're bumped and you're beat up? 
what kind of things do you do to still push through and get to the workout? Give it time. Yeah. And I forgot, I uh, actually, my my worst injury so far was probably I uh, partially tore my MCL a couple months ago. Right. Oh, uh, shit. That's the one I was talking about. That's the one I was talking about. Holy shit. Uh, and then I was in the gym that week trying to rehab, basically. Right. So, he was. Um, I thought I was going to say, I thought you were going to say moving in with me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. Um, Besides that, this butt hurt. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as far as, as, far as yeah. people... You know their bumps and bruises and their injuries and going. You know what? How should they, you know, go about going to the gym after that? Just, you know, take take it slow and see. Test your limits and see where. Okay, so I was able, like he was saying, I was okay. So I was able to get, you know, sixty five pound squat. Let me see what I can get on a seventy five pound. Right. Let me see what I can get on an eighty five pound, and, and and just just test it. And you know, don't don't go crazy like oh, I'll go right in the gym and and I'm gonna put up three hundred pounds. Like the, right. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, don't be stupid. Yeah. like if it hurts, I if you're in like diehard pain, don't go in the gym and be like oh fuck this. ACH said I'm just gotta push past my limit. Yeah, like no, yeah. don't be an idiot. Like play it by ear. Like uh, when I got my injury, I did a frog splash off the top rope. And in midair, this was like the first injury I really had. My knee pad shifted in the air, and I took all the uh, I took all the the, the pressure on my uh, right uh, tibia of my knee, and like the the liquid just like instantly built up. Oh yeah, yeah, and. Uh, that was the worst drive home because uh, Fidget and Davy Vega had to carry me yep. <laughs> to the bathroom stall to go take a piss. Like my leg cramped up so bad, and I remember I sat on, I sat in the house for at least two weeks, like no legs. And I was like humping around the gym, and I just I was like one day I was like I got to do legs, and I just you know I eased into it, and you know, and after a while it just blocked out the pain. I'll tell you how bad it was when this happened. He he was willing to let me drain it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could get a needle and a syringe, but I couldn't get any of my medical friends to steal one for me. That was bad. That was bad. I'm not a doctor, and, but he was like, "Hey, if that helped the pain, go for yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. And then another, and like, and other than that, like, you know, if if I go to the gym, if my knees hurt, and I'm just like, man, I don't think I can push my knee today. You know, I have other body parts I can work. I got right, my arms. Right. I got you my can shoulders. Work around yeah, it. and always work around it. And then you know, test it on another day. So those are just a couple tips that. You know, All right. So with that, it. one of the last things I want to bring up, one of the last things I want to talk about is outside of wrestling, outside of the pro wrestling world, who are some of your some of your influences, Ooh. you know, in, in the whole in the world of, of athletics? And uh, it doesn't matter if it's in, if it's sports, martial arts, some made up friggin fucking fantasy character. Like, who are some of the people outside of wrestling that, that you think about it that motivate you, uh, you know, whenever you're in the gym or whenever you're out in the ring? You don't want to go down this path with me. I, I think a, I know, but I, I, like I have a vivid imagination. Um, in high school, for a short period of time, I was in love with Brock Lesnar traps. Yeah. So whenever I had access to the gym in high school, I would just go do shoulder shrugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for like literally, I would go. I would do like with fifties, and then I go grab the hundreds. And like yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. it was Goldberg. Like it was seriously his traps. Yeah. yeah, but um, you know, as I got older and as I started taking it more serious, um, one of the body models that I liked was always um, Kurt Angles. But yeah. he he's built like a, a amateur wrestler, which I never got to partake in, so I right. could never look like that. Um, AJ Styles is definitely one of my favorite bodies in wrestling just because he he like he doesn't have the height of a wrestler, but when you see him, you know he does some type of athletic movement. Like you can just look at him and go, that dude's an athlete. I'm right. not quite sure what it is, 
but that motherfucker's an athlete. Uh, and Goku and Luffy, but, you know, people are probably staring at the fucking screens <laughs> like, the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. There's a few. There's, There's a cartoon few. characters, people. But th- those are all within wrestling, so you don't have anybody outside. Even like, a, like for me, a big one was always like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's a huge yep. influence I'll never get shredded like Lee. But you don't have anybody that are, that, that influenced you outside of wrestling. Um, I mean, I mean, besides my favorite cartoon characters, uh, hey, I, I like that. Yeah, the whole the Dragon Ball Z and Goku, dude. Like Goku is my he is the he to me he is what an athlete should be. The dude he like I mean he's typically a kind of a, a black guy. He lives <laughs> off of his wife. He has a son that he rarely takes care of. <laughs> he comes home. He, I mean, he just eats, trains, and then sleeps. He's a monkey. I mean, or, or an ape, as they call it. <laughs> I mean, Goku is the ideal black guy. He's what every black guy or what people think we are. But I'm just saying, that's neither here or there. Um, I, I'm mostly into, like, a lot of athletes as far as, uh, like, uh, basketball players. And they're very, like, slim and tall. Like, Michael Jordan's one of my favorite Well, I was athletes. just going to say, I mean, yeah. one of your moves. Yeah, one of your moves, man. And Michael Jordan wasn't a very buff you know guy he was right. very tall and you know just very lean you know uh but I, so i always try to i guess you can say my body model is trying to be the best ach right. you know i want to one to look at me and go that's what i want to look like versus me look because i mean i don't really i mean i don't want to be anyone else man right. in a world today where you can be a fireman a policeman michael jackson whoever you want to be you want to ride a bronco you can be oj whatever you want to be you can be anybody you want why right. would i be those people when i can be me That's i thought how I you guys wanted to be siegfried and roy <laughs> no david Ebony, vega david Ivory. vega who were some of your influences outside of wrestling you better uh, say me <laughs> a lot of my influences um Inside and outside have been uh, anybody that has uh, an amazing work ethic and like positive mind frames. Oh, that ain't me. Uh, Good answer. <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, my mom was always a big one for me. Um, you know, she was her work ethic was next to none. Like working three jobs, trying to support four kids. Right. Um, that you know, and, and then uh, only the last couple years have I finally grown into that work ethic. Um, uh, you know, like Bruce Lee, like you said, right. uh, positive mind frame. Uh, his work ethic was parallel to none. Um, Did you, it was being such a, you know, a huge baseball enthusiast and playing that growing up, anybody from the world of baseball? Uh, Ken you? Griffey Jr. Yep. I was just about to say that. Ken yeah, Griffey, Ken was, Griffey. It was my dude. Don't like, leave me hanging uh, like a slave. <laughs> uh, Ken Griffey, he, he was the man. Uh, well, until he went to Cincinnati, that is. But... <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Um, but he was he was a big one on my baseball radar, um, and then uh, Omar Wire? Omar Vizquel from shortstop for the Indians. He some of the, yeah it, it, people probably don't remember who that is, but the '90s when the yeah. Indians were like a badass team. Yes, Omar Vizquel <laughs> was their shortstop, and he just his work ethic was amazing. Um, but uh, like you know Bruce Lee, uh, those guys, um, and like. Uh, yeah, I just anybody. I just recently got into like uh, Muhammad Ali, um, like some of the stuff that he said and what he's done. And right when you um, when you get to start to see a lot of the uh, the character 
behind right. the person yep. and what, what drove them mentally mm-hmm. to either push it in the gym or that training camp to go into the fight or to go into that game or make it to the, the Super Bowl yep. to dig down deep when they were tired as fuck and wanted to give up. It was that character inside of them that drove them through. It's the backstory, yep. man. I love it. So we got to wrap this up, but uh, do you guys do have we? anything? You got anything big coming up match wise? You got anything you'd like to plug? You'd like to throw out there to our audience and tell them if they're, you know, if they live around that area to come check this particular match or show out. Okay, thanks. Uh, I have a uh, next week in Granite City. I have uh, PWCS at the Granite City YMCA, um, and then I have a double shot for AIW and AAW in Cleveland and Chicago. Can you give um, updates? Because oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, next, next weekend is March fourteenth. They're gonna show up like where the fuck is yeah, Danny yeah, Vegas? Like, oh, that was a month ago. Yeah, you missed uh, him. March fourteenth for the PWCS, and then March twenty and twenty first for the uh, um, AIW and AAW. Um, do, do you have any opponents' names that you can give us? Unfortunately, I don't have opponents as of now. Um, I usually don't find out. But those places, hey, up. man, just go in there. The whole show is going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, AAW and AIW are what people refer to as super indies. So uh, the, the, all the shows are insane. They're so, going to be worth the money to go check it exactly. out. And then... Well, let's see. ACH, I know of a big one you got coming up. You've had quite a few big ones recently. What, what do you got that people should check out? Uh, in Milwaukee this uh, Friday, uh, March 13th, I'll be wrestling Samoan Jizzo. <laughs> uh, just watched him wrestle Kyle O'Reilly last night, which was really amazing. Um, Ring of Honor has also another shot in Chicago on the 15th. Everyone should go check that out. Um but I mean, for the most part, I think the most important thing I think everybody that listens to the podcast will be able to catch will be the St. Louis Anarchy Show. Yes, I was April seventeenth and eighteenth. Because I can't remember dates. <laughs> That's right. <isn't> it? <laughs> if you have to choose which one of those to go to, go to the show April eighteenth. Well, yes, because you'll get to see me in trunks and yeah. all that ass. <laughs> and Albert and I will be tag teaming on the seventeenth. Is this the first time you guys have tagged together? Hell no, no. we've tagged a few times, but the, uh, I think this is only the second time that we've tagged. But this will be Lewis. the first time that you're billed as Ebony and Ivory, right? <laughs> no, we'll be roommates. <laughs> yeah, we're actually, actually the first time we tagged. We played basketball. We were hustlers. Uh, we used to hustle people down at the basketball courts. Yeah, uh, they actually made, made a movie about us. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually portrayed as Woody Harrelson. He was actually portrayed as um, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, I would just like to tell everybody that the long grind physically and mentally of being a pro athlete can make sticking to your training and your diet extremely Hard, but even if you're not a pro athlete, let's just say you're a uh, you know you're a stay at home mom, you're a career woman, you're a, you're a single dad, and you still got to get the shit done. It's gonna be hard, but with the right amount of prepping, the right amount of planning, and really sticking to your stuff, anything is possible. So no excuses. The guys that get it done are the ones that make it. So kick ass and be at your absolute best. Daily burn. Hey everybody, if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at. How Should I Bro? And on Facebook, make sure you like our page. With that, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I am your host, Sam Richardson. I'm Tim Pickerel. And we will see you guys on the next download. Can I have some more alcohol, please? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing.